live on cast from Northwest San Antonio. You're listening to the Geek Podcast. I'm Dunk, your host, along with Chris and Ed. And this week, and we got a show for you. Somewhere in space, this may all be happening right now. 20th Century Fox and George Lucas, the man who brought you American graffiti, now bring you an adventure unlike anything on your planet. Star Wars. Here they come. saga of rebellion and romance. It's a spectacle, light years ahead of its time. I am C-3PO, human cyborg relations, and this is my counterpart, R2-D2. Hello. It's an epic of heroes. Nineteen and seventy-six was the year. Seventy-seven. Well, but it was made in seventy-six, so I think that's why they credited to that. Um, yeah, because it did take. Uh, what did it take? A full like ten more months to edit the thing? Another year to edit Star Wars? The original? Yeah, yeah. Plus all the practical models and. I think everything else. the editing just helped the practical <laughs> models and effects team to uh, get their work done. Uh, I, uh, well, we can get into it more, but I want to welcome everybody to, um, our third episode. This episode is a little bit special for us. Me and the boys are going to be talking about, um, Star Wars. Of course, the original three, uh, episodes of the first trilogy, um, the ones that are near and dear to our hearts. And, um, so that's the focus of our episode today. All right, so first movie, um, I, I've already kind of um, talked to you guys about my story. Uh, first, The first movie for me, Star Wars, A New Hope, um, I'm sure like the boys are going to tell you, that was a formative movie for sure. Uh, first things first, it was one thing that my dad introduced me to that we both loved equally. Um, and, and my relationship with my dad was good, but it wasn't, uh, always straightforward. Um, but one thing we could always get around was Star Wars. And so, um, Star Wars always has a special meaning, especially New Hope. Um, it was my first big boy movie. I was the tender age of five years old. How old were you, Eddie? I was, uh, I'm older than you, right? Like by months. I don't know. When's your birthday? December, December 13th. Okay. So, and, uh, so mine's September. Okay. I was four and a half years old when it came out. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Yeah, I'm with you. But you lived in San Antonio, right? Yeah. 
Okay, so I lived in Amarillo, and back <laughs> back in time, the is 70s... Is <laughs> where you were like... Yeah, these studios had to pay big bucks for these movies. I mean, the, the, the movie houses actually pay for the reels. Sure. So, our little podunk... So it's like Soviet Russia. Pretty much. We had to wait a year. We had to wait a year. <laughs> so it was, it was actually 78 when I saw it, of course, for the first time. So I was... Oh, wow. I was five. Um, but only because we had to wait. And in, fa- and in fact, that actually played to my favor because when, when um, Empire Strikes It Back came out, of course, after Star Wars, you have to understand. Well, let's just back up a moment. First off, before Star Wars, and I know there's only a couple of years, but before Star Wars, Ed, what were your recollection of movies? Of movies? Yeah. Uh, wow. Did they even register? Not really. I don't even think Maybe animated thinking. films? Maybe animated films. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, like the the Disney's um, Bambi and, and Pinocchio. Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs Snow- comes to mind. Sure. I, think th- I think that was released... There in the seventies as well. It was made yeah. made in the sixties, but I think it was released, in, or maybe it was in the fifties even. Um, but but the reason I ask you is because I, I want you guys to understand those of you that are younger than us, significantly younger than us, that before Star Wars, there was no summer movie thing. No, there was no blockbuster. There was no marketing tie-in in any way, shape, or form. Um, movies came out; they were out for a period of time. They were, you went and saw them or you didn't, but it wasn't an event like it was after Star Wars came out. Yeah, it was, uh, it, it, it was a game changer, not just for the, the genre of science fiction, but for marketing. Right? For movies as a whole. For movies in yeah. general. You know, the, everything that's planned around the movie release now. Right. You know, we, we can almost take back to, to Star Wars. I mean, there's other films that came out back then that, that around that time, and, and maybe it was more of a generational thing because you had Saturday Night Fever come out that same year. Well, no, no, I'm not saying there weren't big movies. There were. They were dramas, typically. Every once in a while, a comedy would hit big. Um, but they were, dra- they were usually pretty, as I remember it, they were pretty... Dry in most cases. You have some exceptions. The Godfather came out. There was no that time. there was no fan base. That that's right. That's that right. That's that's the thing. There was absolutely zero geek culture back then, um, because there was no popular culture you, tie-in. You, you had some that came from the '60s and the '70s from Star Trek. That's right? true. That's but, true. But you didn't. It, but it, but it wasn't as quickly. Um, created like Star Wars was, or is voraciously taken up by right, yeah, by everybody really, right? Um, yeah. So this this Star Wars was truly science fiction versus Star Trek, which was science fiction and political, and you know the the social reference that's going on. So it was I, for me, Star Wars was truly that science fiction opera that was going on, or that 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 began to become um, manifest in, in today's um, science fiction genre. Well, now we know, uh, you know, Lucas took a lot of inspiration from a lot of different science fiction. We talked uh, on episode one about the Dune tie-ins uh, to Star Wars um, and how you know the the Pike's 
Spice Syndicate is based off the Spice of Dune, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know all of those. There, there's a lot of. I mean, the, even the Jedi are, are are based on some of the the mind powers, the bit of Jesuit, and the 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 the, the other like magic practicing races or or, or uh, uh, beings in the Dune lore. And it's funny because later on, and I know this is we're, we're sticking to the the trilogy right now, but yeah, but I believe like when we start to see. Darth Maul was it in episode once? No, no, in the in the in the animation. Oh, in Clone Wars, when, when it goes to the witches. Oh, the witches, yeah, Dathomir? Dathomir. Yeah, yeah, Dathomir, and and, and you, you can see that Ben Jesuit tie-in. Oh, absolutely, and, and absolutely. Like, oh, wow, look at that. Look yes, at yes, mm-hmm. and and do you do you Ed, do you happen to know when the the witches of Dathomir were first mentioned in canon? No, I don't. It's now Legends now, but it was canon at the time. It's a book um, called Court- The Courtship of, of Princess Leia. Leia. That's oh, exactly right. That Good job, too. Chris. Wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Literally my favorite of the Star Wars books, period. And I've, really? I've read a lot of them. I love the Han and Leia story. Sure. I love that they didn't get almost get together, and I love the Dathomir witches riding the Rancors. M- mine is the Thrawn trilogy. Uh, now, I, I do love Thrawn too. I do. But, but just like... Just pure, just love of the book by itself. Sure. Yeah, Thrawn trilogy probably the the best trilogy. I like the Jedi Academy trilogy yeah, too, but sure. but yeah, those are great. Thrawn's a great bad guy. He's just a great character. We'll talk more about him. <clears throat> um, but uh, so Ed and I are just a, a couple years older than Chris. Chris, how did you come into Star Wars? So I came into Star Wars. Uh, Star Wars came out when I was two years old. I didn't right. see it obviously in the first run. Right. But the story that was told to me as a kid was I was a chatty, really chatty little boy. And one of the things my parents could do was take me to the movies. And it was a good break, you know, a good way to shut my mouth up. I didn't have Oh, a, that's funny. I didn't have a brother at the time at, at that point. And uh, so the way it was explained to me was I was taken to see Star Wars sometime right before I turned three years old. And this is hilarious because you guys don't know this, but Ed and Chris and I are longtime friends. Chris is one of the most reserved, <laughs> laid back guys on the earth. Just the fact that he was a chatty kid makes me yeah. delighted. <laughs> <laughs> so I came into seeing Star Wars. The way it was explained to me was, again, that was a good way to kind of, my parents could have a couple of hours of... A just, break, just silence. A break. Yeah. yeah. But... I remember as a kid, my third Christmas is when I got that Death Star playset. Oh, yeah. And I had yeah. several figures. So cool. And that thing was so cool. So Star Wars, uh, and we're talking about a time where there was no episode four. There was no episode five and six, obviously. It this was just Star Wars. This is just That's Star right. Wars. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I associate that that movie not just... Mem- I don't have specific memories of seeing the movie, but it's all the good feelings that came out of seeing the movie for the first time. You know, getting my first Star Wars figure, right? Action figure, right? And then getting, you know, going over the to my car- grandparents. The cards. Remember the cards? The oh, absolutely. The, the tops trading, trading, trading cards. Trading cards. Yeah. With the bullet gum in them yes, that absolutely. you had to eat because it was so good. It always cut your mouth. And <laughs> yeah, <it> was, right. <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, and, I. Uh, go no, I was going to say, and there was there was never really expectations of sequels. No, there, yeah, you know, and, and when, Lucas we, had expectations. We didn't have any we didn't, expectations. Yeah, we didn't, yeah. As, as an yeah. audience, as a fan base, we thought that was it. They loved it, right? Right. And, you know, wow, he blew up the Death Star. And it's they all win. Over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, there there were some tie-ins, like you know, Darth Vader's uh, Tie Fighter one off, and then we know he's out there. But still, I mean, that's, that's really one of the brilliant things that he did with that movie is. Looking back on it from the other films, of course there were tie-ins, but we had no clue. And he didn't 
he didn't feel the need to explain. And I kind of like that. I can remember as a kid sitting on my bed thinking about Star Wars. That actually happened. I didn't think about Star Wars and thinking, I wonder what the Mandalorians are like. I wonder what the Clone Wars was like. Mm-hmm. All things that were mentioned in that first movie that we just had to think about and wonder about because he wasn't going to show you because it was ancient history at that point. Yeah. I love that. And I, I think when you when you look at the first Star Wars is the perfect example of world building, both overtly and covertly. So can, can you speak to that? What, what do you mean? Sure. World so yeah. so, world, so from a, from from a narrative perspective, okay. to yeah. that, what Duncan's talking about when Luke says to Obi Wan, you know, you fought, you know, my father didn't fight in the wars. Right. He was a spice trader. Spice trader. And then uh, and then you know Obi Wan talks about him being a pilot. And he said, "You fought in the Clone Wars," and then it's just it's an accepted piece of history. Right. It just yeah. establishes there's this whole other story that we may or you know, like you said, Duncan, we may or may, or may not at that Very point true. ever see, but right away. But the story was there. Imagination right. going about right. what is the Clone Wars? What is that about? We, you know, and, and that really, to when you say world building, that was the first thread of this world that is so deep and so replete with just languages and alien species and lore and the Jedi and the Sith and all of these things that have come that have come about over the forty years that it's been around forty plus years that it's been around, and it. Um, so, so everybody knows I'm I'm a war, tabletop war gamer. One of the current tabletop war games, after literally years of not having one, is um, a, a war game called Star Wars Legion. Star Wars Legion is just that it's Star Wars battles on the tabletop. But the thing I love about it, other than it being Star Wars, which I love, of course, but the thing I love about it is being a voracious miniature painter. I love painting that Star Wars style, that dirty, grimy, nothing looks futuristic or, or spaceshipy like we know it in, in traditional sci-fi. It's all of this stuff that is weathered and worn, and if and it adds a whole nother dimension to that painting style. It's because I have to paint it once, and then I have to weather it. So I, I literally paint it twice. So I completely agree with you. Yeah. Uh, I think um, that, that was uh, the... That speaks right to that kind of covert world building that I was that I was going to go into too. That perfectly, I cut you um, off. Sorry, buddy. No, no, absolutely no. You just that was fantastic. So hey, great sound minds, right? <laughs> but uh, you know, yeah, that lived in that lived in utilized world, and it feels like when you watch the Star Wars, the first movie, every single bit of it, it looks like something has been used or utilized or broken you literally knew the clone wars happened surplus stuff was out there and it you didn't know anything about the clone wars but you knew in that world that there were some little parts and of course now that we know about the clone wars you go back and look it's all there Mm -hmm. you know all that stuff's there the the droid bits the all the things because that's what lucas and later dave filoni um are, are awesome about and that is it didn't matter what it was didn't matter what idea it was didn't matter what it looked like if those guys came up with an idea he tried to find a way to use it some way even the failed ideas lucas used and and, and ilm used and there was a relatability i i remember 
when I was young, I used to think of when I would hear, and I would think of the Clone Wars long before any sequels or anything else was out. Um, this probably would have been around the time the first tri- the Thrawn trilogy released in the mm-hmm. early '90s, maybe late '80s. Mm-hmm. But I remember I used to think of Clone Wars, and I would equate that to when we were growing up. We our grandparents were World War II vets. And, you know, you would hear World War II was just something that happened, and we live essentially in the results and outcome of that war. So true. And I used to think of that in Star Wars terms when Luke would say to Obi-Wan, you know, you you fought in the Clone Wars would be the equivalent of me, you know, me asking my grandpa, you know, you were at Pearl Harbor? And not fully understanding the implications of his answer. Exactly, Exactly. yeah, Yeah. because it was... It was history gone by. Yeah. We were a new generation. Yeah. It, we, the, oh, that's so, that's really astute. Very interesting. That's, that's rich. Yes. You know, uh. it, it's, <coughs> excuse me, to historically relate a, a narrative, right, back to, to something that was, uh, um, I guess, enshrouded with, with mystery mm-hmm. or shrouded with mystery um, within Star Wars. And to take it to something that was that's personal to us, because yeah, back in those days, we had grandfathers and uncles and and who served in various wars. Right? Absolutely, yeah. yeah. But yeah, that that's astute. Yeah. I like that. Yes. Another uh, another thing I I think of when I think of this sort of thing, is, you know, around the history and all that, is as a a child, you know, you're being exposed to the world, right? And there's just a variety, a, a, a huge diversity of People, mm-hmm. and people come in all shapes, mm-hmm. sizes, colors, everything. Every different alien. And yeah. when you yeah. look at us from a from a Star Wars perspective, and you can apply that, just Tatooine alone, you know, the Cantina scene is absolutely one of my favorite scenes in all of the Star Wars absolutely. story. Entirely, absolutely, the entire story, the most Eisley Cantina. It's iconic. It's just yeah, obviously iconic. But that just res uh, Tatooine as a whole resonated with me. But the diversity of the aliens, you know. And, here we are, you know, we start, we see these robots on the sand planet, but we have a wide shot where we see the, yeah. the skeleton of a... a crate dragon. A crate dragon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, you know, we're, we're introduced to Jawas as they pull up R2, and inside that we see a, an old Death Star droid, and we see a gonk droid, and we... Let me ask you this. Let me ask you a question real quick. Did you know what Jawas look like? When you were kids, I was just thinking about that. <laughs> like, I, was, I always I've, wondered. I've always wondered. You know. Well, you know they they have pictures of them now. They're like sure. little fuzzy right. black things, little but little like creatures, th- something out of the Muppets with glowing eyes. Right. Yeah, 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 like the yeah. Muppets. Yeah, I just with, and that's yeah, so funny. With the, yeah, with this brown robe on that fits them. And but I, I I've only seen that recently, and it just it just popped in my mind. <clears throat> I didn't care what the Jawas looked like. No. To me, they had little hoods and they had glowing eyes. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. I, li- so I liked the mystery behind not knowing. Yeah, there was a lot of that in that original that, movie, yeah. too. And, that, and we didn't care what Boba Fett looked like. No, no, we no. Didn't, we didn't care what anybody yeah, looked like. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Vader, yeah. You know, until they took his, hat, his helmet off and, and returned to the Jedi. Think about that first sequence, that opening scene where the Star Destroyer overtakes the Karelian Corvette and they board the ship Picture a a five year old little boy sitting right next to his father, barely able to see over the seat in front of him, looking up, asking his father five thousand questions a second as the movie is going on. I mean, the lights are down. Dad, who's that? Dad, who are the white guys? Dad, why are they shooting at the guys with the big hats? I can remember my dad. I mean, I don't remember anything from this period of time, but I remember my dad very clearly saying to me, son, shut up and watch the movie. You will figure it out. 
And from that moment on, I shut up and I watched the movie. And sure enough, he was right. <laughs> I, I don't recall talking a lot in the movie, just sitting down and absorbing it. And I think one of the things specifically about Star Wars and some of the other science fiction um, uh, films, um, Dune and, and even Star Trek, my association with it has always been the music. Sure. And the music that has come out of Star Wars is... Second to none. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, John Williams. He will... 150 million years from now, people will still know the Star Wars theme from John Williams. I mean, and it's not just the theme. I mean, it's the cantina It's everything. You're absolutely right. the, the, The march theme. It is the... You know the the imperial. Um, do you remember? Music. Do you remember what the album looked like? Uh, do you remember the the record album? Barely. Okay, so I, I want to say this: that I I see black and bluish. It was black. Of. It was black. It was blue on the inside because they had actual pictures of the movie. Okay. All right. So there was the tattooing, uh, <clears throat> you know, a sky and everything that was blue. It was a it was a two uh, album, long play. So, so it was it, the the book opened up. It was black on the outside with the yeah. big Star Wars logo. I remember it so clearly because you 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 guys have to understand. In 1979, 1980, all we wanted was more Star Wars, and all we could get was not more Star Wars. It wasn't like it was today. There was one movie out. We absolutely adored it. You couldn't see it a couple months later. If you didn't see it in the theater, guess what? You missed it. You didn't see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, fortunately, they replayed it, but not for right. a couple years later. So this album, to me, <clears throat> was a little piece of Star Wars that I could listen to anytime and and remember the movie sure. and just. And it was great when cable started coming out. Oh, absolutely! HBO showed Star yeah. Wars, and you talk about the Earth standing <laughs> still. <laughs> I mean, because when we had those, we had those cable boxes, yep. right? And With the switcher at the top, yeah. <laughs> and, and you knew that. Okay, the the TV guide says it's going to come on this day and this day and this day at this time, and I was watching it all the time. Every time it was on. Every time it was on. And I'll tell you what was cool is HBO was really smart because I remember they put Star Wars on Saturday mornings at 9 (laughs) a.m. Star Wars would play while they had it every Saturday morning. And I would watch it. I would skip Saturday morning cartoons. That's how much I loved Star Wars to, to, to watch Star Wars on HBO again. So we didn't grow up with cable in my household, but my grandparents had it. Yeah. And when the first VCRs came out, my dad went and bought one of those big how, VCRs. How old were you when the first VCR came out? I don't, I don't remember the first year it came yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but he had a he had taken it over to my grandparents and recorded Star Wars. And so oh, we, had wow. a, we had a VHS tape that had Star Wars, and then it had Conan, the Destroyer. And it basically, he just oh, added, he added movies Oh, but, but this years. was in the 80s. Now, well, this was when it was this already was, airing. But where, I, where yeah. I was going with this was we had this VHS, right, that sure. my brother and I would just watch, and it was over always either Star Wars... Uh, and then as the years went by, we'd add, you know, Conan the Destroyer was added to it, and there were a couple of others. Star Trek Three was one of them. But the original Star Wars, like, growing up, I associated, you know how we think of that 20th Century Fox fanfare right yes. before? Yes, the You hear the, the or you dun, see the dun, long time dun, ago, dun, 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 the galaxy dun, dun, far, far away. Yeah. So prior to that even, I associated the HBO, the the old school HBO trailer music the <laughs> the bumper music with their yeah. logo yep. because that VHS tape and we'd watch that's it so funny many times where it had that HBO you know and you'd hear mm-hmm. yep 
you know, so you'd go through that whole fanfare, then the 20th Century Fox fanfare, right. then the long time ago before the actual start. So all of that to me is connected with great memories. Sure, sure. And, uh, you know, you talk about the music. That's just an interesting thing for me growing up is right. the 20th Century fanfare is just as much a part of that. And to a lesser extent, the eight when you know that old school HBO like early '80s trailer yeah. or a bumper that they had with that music is also almost associated in my head and with the same feelings of you know. And and what, I guess what I was trying to say is that the 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 music that was generated within the first episode of Star Wars, the uh, A New Hope, you know, transcends the the entire franchise. Right and absolutely, and there are there are not just the music, but but also the sound effects. Mm. I mean, the, oh yeah, Sa- Star Wars sound effects are their own thing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the lightsaber, the the you know the gun shooting, the the the, the back and forth of the droids. That um, I mean, they're just so because big. you finally had an artist that cared, that yeah. wanted that world to be so complete and so replete with his vision that he said, okay, I need a sound division that's going to make all these futuristic and space sounds that yep. we don't have any kind of comparison for in our real world, although all of them were made from the real world, which is funny enough. Um, but, yeah, that's... Yeah, I mean, th- think... I mean, that's... I think... I mean, we, we get it now because you look back and it's a whole thing. It's, it's a whole franchise. There's been nine movies made. There's been countless series made. There's been countless books written. Um, well, there's in, been nine of the of the Luke Skywalker series, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. Nine nine major films. Yeah, that's 11. true. Because yeah, 11, 11, 11, 11 films, 11 yeah, films 11. made all together. Right. I'm sorry, you're right. Yeah, I was thinking of the the trilogies, the Luke, the Star, the Skywalker um, saga, as we have to call it now. Um, but people, uh, younger people, don't understand. And and when I say younger people, who I'm talking about, I'm talking about people like. Um, my adopted sister. I, I was 18 when my father adopted my sister. So uh, literally, I was an adult or, or getting to be an adult by the time she came around. When And she was how old? Uh, one. I mean, she... she so you're, so 18, so 20 years younger. Yeah, 20 years younger. Us. So you're people... More or less. People in their, in their late 20s, early 30s. De- definitely millennials. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So when you ask a millennial, what do you think about Star Wars? most of the time, the answer you're going to get back, especially if it's a, a, a female, not all the time, but a lot of time I find is, oh, I, I've never watched Star Wars. Well, I, I, I've, I haven't really run into that. And, and maybe because, for example, my, my stepdaughters, right, um, one of wh- whom is 30 years old, 31 now, yeah, um, this year, um, she grew up watching Star Wars. So I think it really depends on... Well, this the, is this is exactly my point. My dad is a huge Star Wars fan, and he tried to show this girl Star Wars, and she was, like, not interested. Sure. And I couldn't fathom how you could not be interested in Star Wars. And then I thought about it for a second. And the reason you're they're not interested in Star Wars is Star Wars. Star Wars made everything so hyper-crazy around cinema and big blockbuster sci-fi uh, uh, hero, it, it's just so ubiquitous now. All of that came from that first summer in 77, but now it, it's commonplace. It's the way business is done. Of course she doesn't care about Star Wars. She's got the next hottest thing you know, uh, cropping up. And I always find that to be a shame. Uh, I, I find it a shame that, that young people now... 
and, and the generations after us have to look at Star Wars through this lens that we didn't have to look through it uh, through. Uh, and the lens is grimy and a little bit dirty, and it's led to a lot of the toxic uh, fan base out there. I, I find there's a lot less toxic fan base for the for the movies we're talking about today than uh, the prequels and the sequels. Um, uh, the prequels are getting a lot more love now than they did when they originally came out. Sequels are hated. I mean, the, well, they, you know, the, the, the nobody new, likes the those. new lens, uh, I, I, the new lenses, yeah, for Star Wars, um, and and there's a couple of them. Uh, the 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 I, for me the the first new lens was um, the animation of the Clone Wars, right? Sp- explain that, Ed. So, what do you so mean sure, by sure. that? I'm gonna, I'm gonna get there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so give me give me a couple. So no, no, no. You do first, it now. The <laughs> so so the first lens is really the the animation of of the Clone Wars and Rebels, right? Because that begins to translate this this saga into a new story that you can readily introduce to children. Right, because it's animated, because it's because there are stories, because they're so short in the amount of time that they're spending telling these stories, they're they're serial, right? That that it le- leads up to this next lens, which we are now seeing and enjoying in the Mandalorian, mm-hmm, and in mm-hmm. the Book of Boba, the Bad Batch, and a bunch of new things. That are well, let's be clear, we're enjoying that because Disney paid a lot of money for the <laughs> what well, sure for, for the franchise. But, but I'm not talking about us. I'm talking about to the generational gap. You're absolutely right, absolutely. And right. we're starting yeah. to see a trend from the millennial. From the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And enjoying these these new. I mean, come on, Grogu and the Mandalorian is not just loved by us. As a matter of fact, we probably love Grogu less than the millennials love Grogu. Oh, I guarantee. You know, we we enjoy the Mandalorian because yeah. of the Mandalorian um, narrative that surrounds the Mandalorian. Yeah. Right. And that absolutely. Whole, but I mean, you you have a bunch of people that are now associated with this, and a lot of them have either been introduced or seen or known something of that first lens from the Clone Wars. But if they haven't, it doesn't really matter because that narrative was already created. And it allowed these new creators and developers to generate these these different story plots to generate these you know the, these new series. So you know there there is the, there has been this big transition, and maybe it wasn't George Lucas, or maybe it was, but you know since the time he sold his you know his his brand, mm-hmm. you know, and Disney took over, they have done a really great job of transitioning from from that old narrative, that old telescope. You know, and and creating the Hubble, you know, and creating this new James Webb, you know, telescope. Yeah. You yeah. Know, and and now everybody can see more. Yeah. And enjoy more, and you've got a, a larger fan base. For I it. was not a huge Disney fan. Uh, I was always more of a Warner Brothers Looney Tunes guy, and and liked those cartoons more. They were free. You know, we didn't have to pay for them. That's usually why. But um, I didn't really care for Disney. In in not not that I didn't care, it didn't register. That I think the same as it does for some people for me the moment they bought star wars i was like okay and 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 i'll tell you the reason why because a i knew we were going to get more star wars Mm -hmm. and i was very excited about that and two i knew that it was they were going to um explore the entire universe in ways that lucas never would he he would never step out of his kind of old school comfort zone yeah, sure. to do Boba Fett or to do the Mandalorian, yeah. you know, which, um, which is great because we've got these, these faithful um, devotees to Lucas in, in um, Dave Filoni and, 
and uh, who, who's the uh, Favreau? Favreau, yeah, he, the, John Favreau. Thank you, uh, Chris. That not only do they want to make movies and shows and things, but they love Star Wars. They, they have this they, love. They want to tell a story, exactly. And they exactly. want to continue to create a story, and they don't want the last story. You know, to to be the best, they want the, the last story to be the best story, but they want this next story to be, to be better than the yep, last one. Yep, and, exactly. You know, they, they they want it to continue on, and you know, when when Disney acquired um, Marvel, yeah, you know, and the, the the Star Wars franchise, and you you can tell there was going to be a change in the industry, right? They, they need to buy DC, right? Yeah, right, right. They, they do. They need to buy DC. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't know that they ever will, but that would be that would be great. That would be it would be great for the fans. That's for sure. Great for the fans, or 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 maybe not. Maybe they start turning out you know crap. But <laughs> yeah, we're like this last Batman. Yeah, sure. <laughs> completely, completely know that. You know the 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 hey, hey you know I know this is we're breaking from this, but I want to ask you guys something because it just occurred to me this week, and we didn't talk about it at the theater, and we didn't talk about it on the episode about Batman. Did you guys notice Batman taking Venom in the movie? When you say taking venom, what do you mean? Venom is the serum that Bane takes to get all roided out and huge. Yeah, you remember this? I do. I don't. It's the he was being knocked the heck. He's apart. getting his butt kicked, and he injected himself with. And something. he injected himself with something. I and he goes into a rage. What that was yeah. And they never mention it. They There's never no say another thing about, about it. That. Wow. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I just wanted that. to mention that. We'll come back. We'll come back around to that. But but um, I I thought, oh, what an interesting choice that they're gonna because there is in the comic book there is. See, I was under the assumption. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't think that was. Yeah. I thought it was adrenaline. Yeah, that was what I. I, thought. I was well, I think that's what you were meant to think, but the way he like got all crazy and stuff, and and was like very strong. Sure. I thought that could possibly be venom. Who knows? I just I just wanted to mention it. Yeah. Now back to Star Wars. Way to, way to take us. <laughs> way, way, way to totally divert from the subject. <laughs> I, I started it with suggesting that, that uh, Disney should purchase DC, and, and and if you're listening, Disney, I hope you're you're seriously thinking about it. Speaking of Disney um, and Star Wars, have you guys seen the Galactic Star Cruiser? thing that they've got now yeah the hotel it looks so it's a hotel but it's a hotel on its ears it's really freaking cool i just watched where where is it it's in florida okay it's at the disney world um uh, facility and so and what it is is this um it is a hotel but what they've done is they've created this entire environment where it's a galactic star cruiser that you're in so there are no windows to the outside the windows to the outside look like space with ships and planets and so on and so forth. You go and you dress up if you want to. I think I think that's part of the whole thing. You have a room, you get to stay, and you get to be immersed in Star Wars the entire stay. And not only that, okay, I, I see, the, you can't see him, but Ed's looking like he wants to take a part. That's Ed's look of, <laughs> I don't know about this. You say that, and I, and when I heard about Galactic Star Cruise, this, the first time I heard about this, I, that is way overboard. Yeah, there's going to be some people like that. I don't want to know those people, which is not true. I, I love those people. They're great. But I'm, I'm kidding, I'm, of course. But what I'm saying is it didn't sound like it was something for me. Then I watched these videos. They, they, um, Disney invited a bunch of uh, Star Wars influencers to come and stay and video their experience so they could show you what the heck this thing is all about. Damn it, Eddie. It's Star Wars, man. 
for three days you get to play Star Wars. And not only are there stuff happening around you, you have a data pad that you carry. And based on the choices that you pick, you have all these other side missions that you can go to. You can go to the engineering room, and there's a whole thing you can do in there. And, and the lady said you could literally spend two hours doing that activity. So they have crafted this thing to be this interactive play. And you've got Chewbacca there. You've got, you know, uh, they, they had a Rodian in full makeup. Her mouth moved, and she speaks alien Rodian. And it was just as good as any movie I've ever seen them do a Rodian on. It was unbelievable. And I, I mentioned it to Angie, uh, my partner, and she said, you should take the boys and y'all should do that. <laughs> she didn't have any interest in it, but I thought what a great thing to do for a episode is to go do the Galactic Star Cruiser and then do the cast as we go through the, the, the thing. It's an interesting... It, now, it's now, an now interesting. let me preface this by saying I think it's ridiculously expensive and there's no way we could ever afford it, but if there ever was... I would um, be uh, I would be down. Maybe maybe once we get the Patreon page up and we get Patreons kicking in, we'll yeah. we'll we'll I mean make a special episode or so. So I, I look, <laughs> I, I, we're dressing you up, Eddie, I'm, as I'm not, a job. I'm not, I'm not the kind of person that wants to dress up or Ed know. is full of crap right now. He's lying to all of you. I am completely And I will tell not. you why he's lying to you. I have never dressed up. I'm not saying that you've Halloween ever dressed up. I'm never but, 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 but I will tell you I am a voyeur. You uh, let me tell you let things. me tell you what else Eddie is. He's a ham. You get this guy in the right environment with the right amount of cocktails in him. And this guy <laughs> and will step up on stage that, and deliver a show, this, my friend. This is true, but but the but the two are, are mutually exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and what I'm saying to you right now is that I will not dress up as somebody uh, re- intentionally right now. I mean, I may change my mind later on as if if we do go, but. I am more of somebody who enjoys watching people do this because I'm very judgy. I I, I do. <laughs> I, I'm with you on that. I get you know? that. Yeah, and sure. So I'm like, oh yeah, hey, that's cool. Or you know, oh no, oh that's terrible. Oh you no, no, know, please you, stop you doing that. You should not wear that. <laughs> you know. Well, and the other get, cool thing get out is out of your Leia bikini or you know whatever. Right. I mean, just well, the other cool thing is a lot of the participants on the video that I saw were dressed very like. Star Wars, but very casually. They weren't. It wasn't like they were in a whole rig, a whole bounty hunter suit or anything like that. Sure. They're dressed as galactic citizens. I mean, you know what I mean? Is is this comparable to a Trekkie fest? No, no not in any way, shape, be, or form. I, I would say the closest you could probably get with something like this might be a hardcore Renaissance festival. Yes, but for Star yes. Wars. And so but, my wife loves renaissance festivals and i enjoy mm-hmm. going there because i i you know again like it's very voyeuristic yeah voyeur yeah. and judgy and yeah. oh my god do not put you know but yeah. it's like oh wow they're, they're dressed up really well right I, I i wouldn't do it right i've got self-image problems you know? yeah 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 but you know i i can see going to it and watching and enjoying I, i'm curious about the activities you know what you would do and, and and how you can immerse yourself in something that you know for two or three hours that it, it just isn't child's play. I thought so, too. I really did. I thought, how are they going to pull this off? And I think, Chris, you're probably the you, you're probably the closest one of us that would actually dress up to something. And, and I, yeah. I, so I, I used to frequent Renaissance festivals. Yeah. Pre- yeah. I, proposed, I proposed to my wife oh, right on, at right on. the Texas Renaissance Festival. So, uh, And we were both dressed up in costume. I, I don't mind doing that. I think the worry I had about the, the Galactic Star Cruiser was the same thing that you sometimes see at Renaissance fairs. I, I, if everybody's dressed up, 
I am totally down for it. Right. And if everybody's going to LARP with it, then role play, even better. I worry about. I worry a little bit about going to a galactic star cruiser, and there's always that those people who are kind of along for the ride. And they're going to just have their iPhones out, taking photos of everything, and I think and the regular cost garb. is prohibitive. And that's that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Is the 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 one thing would be the cost being a little prohibitive for that kind of attitude. Right. People that are going to be willing to pay that are probably all in on it. They were, and, and the video I saw, everybody was dressed up, everybody was having a good time, and understand this: the the main uh, deck. Because there's like 17 decks on this thing. There's 17 different floors on this hotel. That's a small galactic cruiser. Well, that's what I was saying too. Uh, but the, the they have this main foyer where all this stuff happens. They have a bar. Um, they have a restaurant off to the side. In the restaurant, all the food is stuff you and I eat today made to look like alien fare. Huh. It's really, really crazy, and all looks amazing. I mean, it, it, Disney does one thing very, very well. That's hospitality, and this thing—the rooms—looks like what you would find on a on a Star Wars Star Cruiser. I, I, I was so impressed with the detail that they went into uh, with everything, and I know I shouldn't be. Disney's great like that, but but I, I've not had that much experience with. Based it. on my experience last summer with Galaxy's Edge, you lucky I, bastard! I, I, I want to like, go so bad. I, I would. I would be totally in on it if not for the cost because the the it was ridiculous, right? Yeah, Galaxy's Edge as a whole was an amazing experience. Yeah. And even though I had grumpy wife, grumpy right. teenagers, right. I didn't know it at the time, but I literally was coming down with COVID. Oh, that, right, while right. I was there. Yeah. And that was the scratchy throat I had going through. Oh, that I remember that. Sense. And I didn't know that that was, you know, I was coming down with COVID, what would later become my my first fight with COVID. First foray into COVID. Um, but the experience as a whole was so memorable. And right. even though there were so many detracting factors around it that did their best to pull me out of it, I still found it very immersive. Yeah. That first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. That first that's bit. Cool. So I, based on that, I would be all in on Galactic Star Cruiser if, right I, if, I, if money were not a factor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. hoping that, peop, you know, the the fact the cost would be a prohibitive factor to keep kind of the negative Nancy's out of it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and I, I just thought, what a, what a great guy's trip that would be. Yeah, it'd be a great, <laughs> a really cool trip. Star Cruiser and enjoy <laughs> yeah, watching I mean, the, it could be. the other Star Wars nerds. I mean, it, it, could, it could be. I, I, in my head right now, without really going there and seeing, or, or maybe even some seeing some videos about it, it, it feels like it's a, a kid's trip. I, I agree with you 100%, Ed. You need to watch the videos because it's not in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. It's really, really cool. And I, I, I know what you're saying, man. I'm with you. I, I totally felt the same way. When they, I remember when they announced it, I was like, eh, really? They're not now, now would I go to the park? Absolutely, yes. I'll go oh, yeah, no, no. The, would the, I stay two nights and pay this money to experience a kid's adventure? Probably not. But that's just it. It's not a kid's adventure. Because not only do they have the main storyline going on that involves everybody on the ship, you have all these side quests and things. It's, it's, it's like a live-action video game is, is my best comparison that I could say to it. Well, it's, well, it's completely then, then immersive. I'll put this out then. Yeah. Let's get some, some subscribers. Let's get right? some, subscri- some, some people. So this is, this is our, our first us. ask from the listeners. That, that can we, let's get some Send promoters. us to Galactic Star Cruiser. And <laughs> let's see if we can do that. Because I'll tell you right now, my wife will say, absolutely not. 
you know, when it comes to oh, the money to, to, to go, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's cost per, it's, it's a good thing she doesn't actually have any say in the in the in the uh, uh, matter. But that's <laughs> you're right, absolutely, sure. Because if, if Chris and I are going, you're going with us, my uh, friend. Okay, <laughs> mm. we'll see. rock paper scissors. All right, all right, okay. We've diverted it long enough. I, I, I did want to mention the Galactic Star Cruiser just because I saw it this week and I thought it was really cool and mentioned it to you boys. Uh, but back to um, Star Wars: A New Hope ends. Um, and, and that's it for Star Wars for a minute. Um, it's, it's 1979 and 1980, and um, the, the memory's still there. The toys are still there. We're still playing with the toys um, every day. I remember getting cool stuff like, uh, remember that, that lightsaber that you blew up the blade? Like it was a big air uh, balloon, like a plastic balloon, and then it had a light underneath it, so the light shone through the balloon and kind of made it look cool. Had one of those. I mean, just all these great Star Wars things because Lucas was always great about um, um, making great Star Wars toys. And what I mean by that is there's a lot of um, um, counterfeit garbage from back then out there from like Mexico or Spain or, you know, that sounded racist, didn't it? Um, But other other different countries would churn out stuff, print Star Wars on it. But the stuff that... Lucas officially licensed was always very thoughtful and well planned. I thought. I remember reading a story too to that point about financing the movie, the first movie, yeah, and how he would take. If I remember right, the story the story went, or that supposedly the story was that he would take a certain amount of money, be paid a certain amount of money. But he would retain all the merchandising. That rights. was his deal. He he wanted all but, the merchandising. Yeah, rights. but anything. But aside from and the studios, of course, were totally merchandising rights didn't matter. They didn't account. Yeah, they didn't count for anything. And then you look at what know. it blew up into, yeah. and like, what a genius move in the long run. I mean, he could have made the first one and just stopped and never done anything. Else. I think he knew exactly what he was but doing. That, that like, what time. a genius move that was. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And you look at it, and, and it was. I do have to back up because we've we've got the lovely uh, holiday special between that. Oh, that no. Uh, no, that by and large obviously is very forgettable, but it did give us our first introduction to Boba Fett. First off, let's talk about this holiday special, <laughs> okay? <laughs> the thing that you guys don't, it, okay, the holiday special. If you watch it now, it is a cringe fest. It is horrible. But we wanted to see it. Oh my gosh, did we want to see it? Are you kidding me? Oh my goodness, we were like, oh my god! Friday night, Star Wars. Friday night was date night for my parents. They always went out. Uh, We had a babysitter, and the babysitter—I don't even remember what the babysitter looked like because I didn't see her ever. I would plant myself in front of the TV because back then you had one TV in your living room, and I watched every second of that ridiculous holiday special <laughs> and loved every single second. I'm sure I did too. I, d- I oh, yeah. remember it. I actually don't have any memories of it either. I didn't for a long time until I saw it again, and yeah. all of that stuff came flooding. I can tell you what my living room in 1979 looks like right now because those sure. memories are in there sure. and, and, and cemented. But, yeah, that was, uh, that was a, a big deal because – we didn't. It, Star Wars wasn't everywhere like it was now, like it is now. It was. We had one movie. That was what you got, and anything else was just a bonus. And in this holiday special, for those of you that haven't seen it, and I'm sure most of you have, but if you haven't seen it, there was 
cartoons. It was a kind of a variety show of there sorts. Was Chewbacca's family. Chewbacca's family. Then they had a bunch of Wookies, and and the story goes that they ran out of money. So this final scene with all these Wookies, they literally had to wear red robes because they didn't have enough money to like fill out the Wookie uh, fur for these for the <laughs> all these characters for Life Day. Um, but we got the we got the holiday special, and then that was it. For, for a while. But for, I think Chris is right. I mean, in, in there, we're introduced to Boba Fett. That's the first appearance of right? Boba Fett. That's, That's the correct. first appearance of Boba yep. Fett. Yep. And l- let me just tell you what I've watched. I, in fact, I just watched it this last week. I watched that cartoon, that original cartoon. Um, it's still really good. Not good. It's brilliant. Yeah. The animation in it is very 70s and counterculture <laughs> and very, it very really cool. Is. Yeah, I... <laughs> I forgot, and I remember watching as a kid and just thinking, this is the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and uh, I got that same feeling again this last week watching it again. And they, they go on this, like, spongy water planet, and just none of the physics makes sense. It's all just cartoon wonderfulness. But I just remember looking at the animation for Luke, and I'm like, God, they just nailed the guy. That That's just so animated Luke. And, and Han was the same way. He's got the squinty, the Harrison Ford squinty eyes and... And the whole nine is just really good. Of course, Boba Fett doesn't look like he does in the movies at that point because he was still the white yeah, Boba white. Fett yep, yep. Um, that, that Lucas had, had originally uh, uh, planned or, or, or worked with the, the artist to develop. Um, but it was, our, it was our first look of that double-barreled tuning fork disintegrator rifle that was cool that they that they carried that they carried into in the mandalorian yeah yeah his his big uh disintegrator which is awesome um again another i mean they took something from 1979 out of some obscure holiday special that they that i guarantee you lucas would destroy if he could he would destroy every print of there was that. A, there was actually a quote where he yeah. said if he could, he would. Yeah, he, <laughs> he, he hates it. Everything. He hates it. And, I, and look, he was made to do it, um, uh, and it was rushed, uh, and it had a low budget. And um, there were some other key factors. In between uh, episode four and episode five, in, in New Hope and Empire, um, Mark Hamill had a horrible car accident as well, and it scarred his face pretty badly. So in this holiday special, he's makeup from here to hell. He just got pancake makeup just plowed onto this, yep. you know, scarred face, and he just doesn't even look like Luke Skywalker. Even <clears throat> um, thank goodness for his voice. Thank goodness for Mark Hamill's voice because we wouldn't have known otherwise. But yeah, it was good. And then so we waited, we waited, and then um, then the wait was over, and we saw the first trailer for Empire. Do you remember that first trailer? Yep, I do. What were your What were your first thoughts? Oh yeah. my yeah. God. Yeah. We're gonna get it. I know. Another one. It's Another coming. one. But what does this mean? And right. strikes back. Right. Darth Vader survived. Right, right. What's gonna happen to Luke? Yeah. Yeah. You can't take him away like you did Obi-Wan. You know? And, and I will tell you, we were so excited that there was another Star War that we didn't have any clue, any understanding, any inkling of how dark and amazing Empire was going to be. Empire is probably my favorite Star Wars. I think it's probably a lot of people's favorite Star Wars film. It it, it is a close second to Return, and when we get to Return, I'll tell you my reasons for for loving that film. Sure. No, I love Um, Return as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, Empire is a close second. I'll tell you the reason I I make Empire a second is it was a bummer. Empire is a bummer, and it it leaves the heroes at their worst condition 
Uh, Solo's been captured by Boba Fett. He's gone. Uh, Luke's lost his hand and just found out that his father is Darth Vader. Um, it's just there's so many crazy things going on in that last act of Empire mm-hmm. um, that it, it was, it was uh, simultaneously amazing and really sad, <laughs> and, and <laughs> sad that, too. And that, and that this is also the, the place where we got an introduction to Yoda as a, as a rock star. You know that we, we have a, a fantastic. Yoda was a game changer. He, well, not just that, but yeah. you know the 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 famous uh, scene with him and Luke, where he's talking about you know going down to the beach. He's rocking and rolling down to the beach. I'm going seagulls. Seagulls. Stop it. Yes, I mean I'm. That's just. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a minute to get that reference. Hi, Pinchy. <laughs> I love that. Thing. I'll tell you with Empire. I I do think it. Not only from a story perspective is it great, but when you just look at what you would expect, I, I and I'll actually say I think it kind of set the standard for what a a, a movie sequel should be, because it not only took the story and the universe that lived in universe that we're yeah. talking about, and it expanded it, yeah, drastically with all these this new cast of characters, and this new cast of characters didn't look for the most part like any any of the others. You know, right, completely new alien type right. with a major character now, right. right? And uh, you know, and obviously we still have Chewie and everybody, but Boba Fett. Yep. Uh, you know, all the bounty main, hunters. The one that yeah. My imagination going was all the bounty. The bounty yep. hunter scene as a whole was amazing. Yeah. Back to Ed's love of music, the musical score, the asteroid, oh, the asteroid chase That's is, an, I, is yeah. just as iconic a yeah. piece of Star Wars music as any. And, and it continues that the, the the musical evolution of Star Wars is is probably on point and allows us to to manifest. Our relationship to the movies, you know, from movie to movie, absolutely. And they'll you'll they'll add another character, and we get another tune. Yep. And it's wonderful and completely that character, and still Star Wars at the same time. Yeah. The uh, yeah. the love the, the Imperial March was first played in Empire. This too, if I remember right. It was. That's correct. So when we the see opening the scene, Super Star Destroyer. Yep. The one, yep. You know, shadow. The one. Yep. Yep. That's it. That's when uh, we see Darth Vader uh, descend, descend the, the, yeah. the shuttlecraft. Yeah. The yeah. Lambda shuttle shuttlecraft. Yeah. Yeah. That's good stuff. It tells uh, the the Admiral of well, no. What, what was that? Oh no, they're looking for Luke. Yeah, it's when they were they're looking sending for the Luke probes. And, yeah, they're sending the probes. Right, down. this is where we first see the start of the superstar. We're seeing the the all the star destroyers assemble, and then they're shadowing that's right. the super star destroyer that's, that's coming right. over it. Uh, uh, Vader ship. This is also when we get introduced to the Emperor. Correct. Right. And, uh, Correct. Yeah. And Correct. And yes, yeah. yes. I just watched a video this last week where they uh, did a comparison of the original. Uh, scenes and the the redone scenes, but they made a point to only focus on the redone scenes that actually made a good difference, made a difference to the to uh, the movies. And the Emperor scene was one of them that they w- he went back and reshot that with Ian Douglas. Is that his name? Ian, Ian McDermott. Ian, Ian McDermott. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah, Ian, Ian McDermott, and um, replace the the poorly masked individual they had before. That was an unfortunate mask. He looked. Like a crazy alien, <laughs> but they—I don't think they'd established at that point really what he was looking. He would look like so that it fit for the time. But, oh no, 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 it worked yeah. absolutely. It's, it's yeah. interesting. There, there's several things that I, I, I still think there's some holes, right? Like if you look at a New Hope, and and you look at you, you know the the, the 
the name or the title Darth Vader or Darth Sidious or Darth mm-hmm. whoever. Mm-hmm. Obi-Wan Kenobi in the first New Hope refers to Darth Vader as Darth, right? And, and Darth is a, it's, it's like a title. It's like Lord or it's like Sir or it's like something. Mm-hmm. Right? And, it, and it precedes the actual name Vader or Sidious or, or whatever. But, you know, when, when he's talking to him, he says Darth and he calls him specifically out by that. Yeah, but but why why does that seem like a hole to you? Be, because I I feel like it it takes away from their their closeness, the intimacy. He should have called him maybe Vader or even Anakin, and they didn't. But wasn't that his point? No, I don't think. Oh, it was. absolutely, it is. And let, let me explain what I mean by that. His point was to be elusive with Luke in those early days, because he didn't want to be the heavy to tell him that his father. Was the guy that was subjugating the universe, but but he wasn't, or the galaxy. But but at that point, he wasn't in the uh, anywhere near the proximity of Luke's um, range of listening to what they were saying. This was an intimate scene between the two of them when they were fighting, and he calls him Darth. Oh, oh, you're like right. Yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. I took that as almost an in, like insulting. Yeah, right, like, right. Always me- meant as kind of a, a like underhanded. What a thing you've yeah. made yourself yeah. into. Yeah. I, that, that was, I mean, that was always the way I interpreted. I, I interpreted him him calling him Darth as him accepting that he was in fact a a lord or a sir or something. Oh, a lord of the Sith. Instead of calling him Vader. And and not and reducing him just to a name and not to the title, right? Because if I'm calling you, interesting, you know, if I'm calling you, um, sir, you know, um, sir Ian McKellen or sir somebody or sir, you know, whatever, yeah. And I'm preceding that and and just calling you sir, you know, there there is this level of influence. But to Chris's point, that's kind of that's kind of a a, a jab. I I didn't go that. Darth, but re- recognize yeah. that like all that. of this is a, a little bit of a retcon. In our uh, like fan record for sure, or in our heads anyway, because the reality is they. What's a retcon? You know, I mean, again, my thought is like, hey, after seeing Empire, you know, went to Ed's point about, well, you know, just calling him Darth. I mean, to me, I've always, I I at that point, insinuate that's an insult, more of an insultive. No, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna even bother with calling you your full, your name at this point, and I'm not gonna acknowledge you as Vader based on or my friend, but you know. a lot of the thing, you know, you, you know, a lot of people will argue even through the original trilogy, and I'm I'm going to just step back and be objective. Yeah, know, yeah. That there are some of the some of the big swerves do seem like they kind of came. You know, we're going to do this, and then we're going to make Vader his father. Wow. Well, we never saw that coming. It it fits, but then oh, and wait, there's one more. Now there's the sister. You know, right. And there's a little bit of a hey, we're just going to amp the shock factor up through the original trilogy. I, I think that was part of the creative process. So thing. coming which back, which is why there's yeah. those, those holes. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. For me, that's a hole. And and you know, Alec Guinness, the 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 older character, Sir the, Alec Guinness. Sir. sir <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to call him Sir. I'm just. I'm hey, we just her. don't want to get sued by his estate. That's right. all. <laughs> You know, Sir, who was Obi Wan Kenobi, right? Back then, I mean, he, he, uh, he didn't know what he was playing when when he was. He also didn't Obi-Wan. care. He hated it. He, he, he hated Star care. Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, if if only he could see what what he's created. Oh uh, you know. no, he he was very appreciative of it. Don't get me wrong. Sure. He was very appreciative of Star Wars. He was very appreciative of the life it afforded him after the fact because he made points on the back end of that film. Sure. Did you know that? Yeah, he was one of the only actors that did. Um, but but that was how Lucas was able to persuade him to do it because he, he didn't understand it. He said, I, I'll go and I speak gobbledygook all day and I don't know what any of it means. 
Um, and then I think, you know, there, there are pretty substantial stories of him, like, shooing people off after the fact that just loved him. And he would say, he would literally say to kids, you need to spend your time reading, not watching dumb movies about well, space. I, I, think, I think the same thing was true about Harrison Ford. Right. Oh, for and sure. But I think he was a lot yeah. more chill about sure. it. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. to some degree. I mean, the, the uh, not anymore. No, no. As he's older, as he's gotten older, he's yeah, he's very yeah. crotchety about it. Don't yeah. judge me by my by my involvement in the Star Wars. And it's I'm almost like become a joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. Uh, I love the fake beef he made with uh, Chewbacca on. It was one of the late night shows where he, he had like he was in a fight with Chewbacca for, yeah, for several that. years. Yeah. yeah, that was good. He was stuff. doing promo I think for the the Force Awakens. I, he he might have been. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, one of the yeah, late was night good stuff. Set that up. It was pretty funny. <laughs> the other thing I think Empire did really well. I I always thought was really interesting about the original trilogy as a whole is the essentially essentially a, like a, a singular environment per planet. And I, I don't know why, I just thought that was always a trademark thing in star like as part of star wars for me in the original trilogy was the debt you had the the, the the it's a solid desert planet in star wars and then the look at the death star oh it's just one big we'll lay down pallets right we 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 know the pallets or we know where we're at instantly and, and maybe yeah and maybe it was an accidental thing but just you know i thought Empire, i think it was deliberate yeah i, I, I really was, do i thought it was just a great move like yeah. hey we're going to the snow planet this time yep. we're going to the swamp planet we're going to the and forest what, forest the moon city, yeah, the, yeah yeah city in the sky yeah the forest planet yeah the desert planet you i know, do sorry. i do love that luke has had all of these ideas in his mind of what he wanted the world to look like and even before he could make them it, you know 76 he couldn't make Kursant. You, there's yeah, no practical yeah. way to do Coruscant and make it look real. Um, but he did it in the trilogies, and it looked amazing. And um, I, I always liked that he, especially in the trilogies, I always liked that he went back and, and made things the way he saw them in his head, the way he originally visioned those things to be. And, and I like it for this one reason, because we get to share in that experience. Uh, I'll partially agree with you. But Han will always have shot first. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about reconning bullshit. Okay, but but Han shot first. I have. I. I'm. In fact, I'm telling you this right now. Um, for for the listeners out there, I'm way to go, Chris. I'm very (laughs) tattooed. I'm I'm a tattooed guy, and a lot of my tattoos are are Star Wars tattoos. You have tattoo ink. I I have tattoo ink. (laughs) But the next tattoo that I get is going to be Han's blaster, and it will say Han shot first. Because Han sh- did shoot first, um, and there's no other, the, even the one that they have in the movies now, I don't accept, where, where Greedo shoots just a little bit before he does, and then he Well, and then I saw that, I guess the Disney Plus version of it, he even, Greedo even like yells now. He says- Oh, like, does he really? He does like a scream before he shoots. Oh, you're kidding me. It's like, can you, you've already screwed this up. Yeah. And you screw it up again. <laughs> you're making it worse. Yeah, just, just stop and rewind the whole thing. But, but to your point, Dunk, I do think it's- as far as some of the touches that he did that he feels he should have done yeah. originally, but the technology wasn't right. there, budget right. or whatever, of all those, and I don't want to get too much into the special editions you know, per se. That's a whole but, rabbit hole, yeah, sure. But the Empire special edition, I think, is probably the most well-rounded it is. of the bunch. It is. Because I think that the work that they did on Cloud City, yep. for example, to greatly expand like yep. the size of Cloud City. I think Just make it look like it was actually yeah. in a, in, a, in the atmosphere of a planet. It yeah, made it a yeah. lot less claustrophobic. It was very claustrophobic and, uh, in the original edition. Yeah, you're right, you're right. I mean, not that we care. We didn't know any yeah. better. But, um, 
but that's the, not the, a change. I think that I, I think most fans could. I think most reasonably minded fans could agree. Like that's not a change that hurt anything or no. changed anything. It didn't change the direction or the the definition of the character and what, who you're what, establishing what, a character is or anything like that. It just yeah, agreed, yeah. agreed. What about the Wampa? The the first scene with the Wampa. What about the Wampa? Well, I mean, originally you don't see that much of him. He's he's bits of fur and and some teeth and horns. In the new editions, he's you've got him crouched, uh, chewing yeah, on chewing on a bone or something on some some meat that he's captured at some point or another. I guess I, I, guess I haven't. Watched oh wow, it. yeah, you, you got to go back and watch it. And then he then he stands up and you see him kind of charge at Luke before Luke, you know, gets his lightsaber and cuts his arm off. Sure. But um, sure. it's a that uh, one the first scene always wanted me to wanted left me wanting more of the wampa which yep. you know this is cool but um to chris's point it wasn't overdone it was it didn't retcon anything it was just a little more that added a little more and it was kind of neat we i remember my my brother having the wampa toy as a kid that oh wampa i remember that toy yeah yeah a little yeah. bit bigger than the normal figure right big long arms spring loaded arms big, big and paws the big, big paws, paws yeah, yeah. But that was really what we had to go by by what he looked like. Sure, it was just the toy. Yeah, because you didn't because see it in the movie. His right. arm originally. Right. right. And uh, I, you know, I so I I didn't really have a problem with that. I was like, hey, cool. It's a an official canon version of it. Yeah. Now what was interesting is if you go back and watch the cut scenes that they cut out of the Empire Strikes Back, and they're on YouTube, they're on the Blu-ray. That's right. I think they're even on Disney Plus. They are. Yeah. But there's a whole uh, cut scene where in the the Rebel base. That's right. They caved off. They had accidentally <laughs> dug into a Wampa cave, and then they sealed it off on a door, and it had a big warning label on it. And as they're running, yeah, these scenes are in all, the Echo were, Base. Yeah, these were, yeah, these yeah, were yeah. filmed. Wow. And there's a scene where they're run, 3PO. It's when they're running to the Millennium Falcon through the Rebel base to escape. 3PO stops as they're all going, and he tears off the warning sticker off. He tears off the warning sticker off of the door. And then, you know, he keeps running, and then you see the snowtroopers yeah. right behind him, and they think he went through the door. They open the door, and then you see the arms come in and grab one of the... Oh, wow. Yeah. The snow, so, and yeah. it was cut, and I, I can see why they cut it. Just it was goofy. It, it, well, and it would have broken it, the, the... It would have. It comes off as goofy. of the scene. Yeah. Like, but it was neat. It yeah. was definitely it was, neat. It's a neat, neat little thing to see. Yeah, that, for so. sure. For sure. Yeah, so I had no problem with the Wampas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Wampas yeah. were a good Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good addition. Good addition. So, um, so we get to... Uh, Empire. Do, do you guys remember your experience of going to see Empire the first time? I do. What What was your experience, Ed? <clears throat> so, I've I've grown up in in a fa- in a fairly um, Christian slash Catholic slash you know um, this this mixture of tradition and ethos. Yep. Right. And when and so I'm I'm saying this because part of my association with Star Wars is the development of the idea of a Jedi, mm, right? Right. And, and when we're introduced to Obi-Wan, yeah. that, that's the precursor to all of it. And right. And really don't know what it's about. Right. And I'm too young to really appreciate it until yeah. we get to Yoda. Yeah. You know, and when, when we when we get to Yoda, you know, you, you start to see the, 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 um, the uh, landscape of what a Jedi is. Yeah, you know, and, and, it, and it's almost to this day because because I'm not as um, grounded, I guess, in my in my tradition 
mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like I was when I was a kid. But when, when you start to look at philosophy and, and theology and, and different components of, um, you know, where we are existentially, th- there is this combination with them of, you know, this, this stoicism yeah. and Buddhism and, you know... That, that, the warrior the, monk. The, the warrior yeah, monk, yeah, that, yeah. That, that traditional narrative that, that comes out of this. Right. And so for me, that really hit home. Yeah, you know, and, and it was it was meaningful to me as a kid, but it's that different that meaning has evolved, you know, over time to where I mean I'm clo- nearly fifty. Yeah, you know, and you know that, that that has transcended into something that is a little bit more meaningful to me now in my life. Yeah, sure. Um, because there there is that level of you know what what do I want you know and it, that 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 the answers and the direction that Yoda and eventually other Jedi's master Jedi's and whatever. And I thought this sounds kind of corny. But you know, this is um, th- there. There is this level of groundedness mm-hmm. that you mm-hmm. feel from them, and, mm-hmm. and that's what I like. Serenity, yeah. Like just like there, yeah. There, there are these serene harmony things. with the with the world around and, them, and there is yeah. this light versus you know dark. dark and and right. there are these choices that we have to make, and there are these moral dilemmas that we um, that that we encounter that that we have to you know. It is so interesting that you say this because. One of the things, and this is going to sound even more corny than what you were saying, but one of the things... So you admit I, I sounded corny. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> no, I, in fact, I'm, I'm, I'm backing I'm just, up your I'm play just, here. I'm just playing. One of the things that, that I grew up with, or one of the one of the morally grounded things that I grew up with, because I didn't, I didn't necessarily have a great uh, childhood. Uh, there was a lot of other things going on. But one of the things was... I got a really clear sense of who the hero and the good guy was and why. Um, and for whatever reason, in my young little mind, that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be the good guy. I wanted to be the hero. I never played the Empire. I always played the Rebels. Um, I always played the Jedi. Uh, ne- never wanted to be Darth Vader or, or any of the bad guys. Um, and funny enough, that seeped into my psyche and, and even to this day, it pleases me for the most part to be nice and be good to people and, and do the right thing. I'm not saying that the two are tied together one to another. There's lots of influences there, religion and, and just being a good person and, and the different things that I believe, but, but that was the start for sure. That was a start of that conversation in my head of what sure, is good and what is bad. And and there there are various social contract uh, constructs from generation to generation that that help provide a model on on what you know um, good and bad are, sure, right and wrong are. Yeah. And, and for us, because we are so close in age, right. This was ours ge- generationally, yeah. you know, equivalent. Mm-hmm. You know, this was one of our our models. This right. is this is a really interesting thing that you bring up because this is something that. Um, most people our age would know, but not a lot of younger people would know is that um, in the the er, you know early '90s, mid '90s, late '80s, college courses started to spring up about Star Wars. And I know what you're thinking. You think, well, how could you do a whole college course about Star Wars? But what they got into in that course is the hero tale, the hero story, and the, the hero story is a. A, a mythology tool um, brought to us by ancient Greeks um, and, and and different civilizations throughout the ages, but it's 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 the tale of 
the hero and and Lucas, clever enough, um, because he was an intellectual in this way, and and, and these stories really um, made a, a profound impact on him. He took the hero's journey and he he built Star Wars around it, and that journey starts with a a heroic character in this case Luke Skywalker, um, and and he goes on this this transformative road trip for lack of a better term, um, where he has to do some things, slay the beast, you know, get the thing, um, learn the thing, uh, meet the friends. You've got all of these different participants in the tale that provide, um, counterpoints to the story. And so this, this course goes into all that with a, with a really interesting look into how these ancient stories have really informed and created this new science fiction tale that that people were into at the time. Sure. And, and I mean, t- to your point, th- there there is a, a mythos. Right, oh yeah, uh, around this. And when, when we talk about mythos, we're talking about the historical narrative, right? Right of, of the hero, and and whether that is Homerian, whether that mm-hmm. is you know something that that's grounded in in in, in other Ulysses, and, right? Yeah, yeah. A- other other great stories. This is just this one traditional telling of a story of a hero, you know, and and they're dealing with um, moral ambiguity or, you know, um, friendship and and societal issues, et right and wrong, and, and and you see that yeah. develop over the course of the of the of the the saga, right? You know, but but it's but it's very much defined within the initial trilogy. Yes, yes, yeah, that's interesting. You know, the other thing I did. Um, in the 90s when when there was less Star Wars between like 91 when I was uh, I joined the military uh, up until 99 when the the prequels came out was I played a lot of Star Wars role play I uh, I had a group of friends and I was the the game master and we went through just a ton of different campaigns with these characters that really we were able to to create our own Star Wars stories in that universe, and because I have such a love for it, um, you couldn't bring any nonsense into my game. You couldn't you couldn't bring any Star Trek nonsense into my game or any of that junk. Uh, it was Star Wars. Yet you, you needed to know what you're talking about. You need to be a Star Wars geek like me. Sure. Uh, and we had, I mean, I can remember playing all weekend long with my friends. And when I say play, what I mean is, Friday night after work, we get together, we order food, and we start playing. We passed out around three o'clock in the morning around my living room. So, so this is this is for those who, that are, aren't familiar. There, there are books like there are for D and D for AD and yes, right? yes, and 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 these these books provide you the the, the reality of the world that you're living. The in. The rules, and the tools. There are yeah. campaigns, and and Dun- Duncan has always been a great storyteller. <laughs> and he, no, you have. Oh, and, thank and, you. And uh, maybe one day we can talk about one of the stories. Yeah, maybe, but, maybe, maybe we'll see. Um, <laughs> but you know, I I think that uh, for for Duncan, you know, you you could see the evolution of that craft, that story craft, into a lot of the the models, um, because we're, we're in his home right now, and we're we're, we're speaking um, from from his uh, um, dining room, and you know that this place has. Um, a, a couple of, of um, um, cabinets full mm-hmm. of his his miniatures and the incredible art, you know. So it, the, your your love for this is really transcendent, and it comes through run from your story craft, but but also from, you know, your the the evolution into your art, and and that that story planning that you're talking about those those campaigns, 
they, they really do help set the, um, I'm not sure if this is a word, but the vividity, right? Yeah. And, and the, the, the vibrant aspect of how we view you know, the Star Wars world and, and other science fiction slash fantasy worlds that... Well, it made me... It, you're absolutely right, but it made me a um, a guru-level Star Wars geek. In other words, I know what planet that alien lives on, what its meaning is to the story and all that. You you and Chris. Yeah, Chris is really good this way, too. Chris is... And, and it, probably because Chris has got a really critical eye for... A different aspect of, of the geek hobby, which is um, toy collecting. Chris has collected, uh, you collected Star Wars toys for how long? Oh, gosh, I can't even tell you. Uh, we had, you know, growing up, of course, we had my brother and I, between my brother and I, we had pretty close to every figure. Every figure. That's, a, um, that's you know, amazing. And uh, not and all, not, and we, not just Star Wars. No, well, not just Star Wars, right. but I mean, as far as Star, Star Wars, Wars was a big goes, one. Sure. Yeah. 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 We had probably pretty close to every, uh, almost every figure. And then he carried it on, if memory serves, even into like the droids and the Ewok mm. series. Where yeah. He bought more yeah. figures from that. Those are the big at money that point, figures probably now moved, too. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably moved on at that point by like the Transformers and some of the other sure. toys of the 80s. Sure. But, um, but then, yeah, in the in the, the mid '90s, they released a uh, originally a limited series of figures. That's right. And I bought those really originally with the intent of building dioramas out of them. Did you? Was that yeah, what you were that was actually? Was? Why, oh, that's interesting. That was actually okay. why okay. I started buying them. Um, but I, I'm a completist by nature, <laughs> and my problem then became I'll get one to open and one to keep. And then it became then there was like rare ones where it's like well, Idiot three. You know, yeah, they they have the. <laughs> The Luke Skywalker with the production error that had a longer lightsaber than all the others. Of course, and the blue snaggletooth. Started, yeah. yeah, blue snaggletooth is a totally different story. Right, but, uh, right. But yeah, that uh, I I started going down that rabbit hole, and so for the the latter part of the '90s, while I was living life playing in a rock band and sure. all that sort of stuff, that in was our actually 20s. a yeah, yeah, yeah. A, 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 not a secret hobby, but it was a hobby that I had, and. Uh, yeah, I had to. I had to eventually throw the towel in because when Episode One came out, boy, they went crazy with your variants and you it know, was ridiculous. How many Qui Gon Jins do I need to own? At it this was point? ridiculous. And Remember I, all the toys that they had for Episode One, and how many of those toys sat on the shelf forever? I still yeah. have. I still have some of those. I do too. I do too. It was in a box somewhere up yep. there. But yeah, yeah. I had those. A, a coworker I won't mention on here, but uh, he ended up. <laughs> I ended up cutting him a deal, and he took. Most just about all my Star Wars collections. Is his name sort of the J? A T. T. Oh, oh, that's right. And his wife wasn't happy with me for a oh, while. Oh, that's right. awesome. Like that's awesome. He came to buy a few figures, and I gave him a deal, and he's like, I can't say no. Oh, he no. He, he bought all of them. Ha, let, let me ask you this. Yeah. What was the what was the price tag? Uh, I believe, if I remember right, I told him you can take it all for 500 if I he took right. every one of your figures yeah. for five hundred bucks. Yeah, he got a, he got a deal. He got a hell think, of a deal. I think what happened is, you know, especially the at at the point that I sold them, I don't believe even Disney had bought them, and I believe right. Rebels was out, but I don't believe even the Force Awakens was out. Right, right. I'm do, sure. The do you regret are, that? Not really. No. Okay. No, and I I, I quite part of that with growing up. I needed the there's gra- a I needed switch the garage, that gets flipped. I needed yeah. the garage space more than anything. I have a I have a complete uh, 25th anniversary GI Joe collection. Same thing. It was remember, the last. I remember those. I, it's yeah, in a box I, in the garage right now. It's, I remember. It's packed them. up real nice. Um, I, I literally this is the last collection that I bought like this, and and, and that about halfway through it, and I love these figures. I love GI Joe, and I love these figures because they're they're resculpts of the originals. 
Um, but about halfway through it, I just thought, I am just collecting bits of plastic that somebody else is going to have to take care of at some point. What's about him? This is this is <laughs> <laughs> this is too much, and this is it. So after I got the last, and I didn't collect every single one of them. Of course, they kept releasing them and so but um after i got the last one i wanted to get um that was it i've never collected another thing i mean other than miniatures but i play with the miniatures so the collections uh, they have a piece of me in them so they mean a little bit more i I came and i came back to it to a small extent my off my home office i've got a most icely lego set that i i have small things like that i've got i've got a chewbacca is my favorite character in star wars Uh, so i've got a chewbacca uh, action figure and R2-D2 action figure um, on my desk and, and just little things like little yeah. trinkets. I've got a Millennium Falcon. Ed just saw my Millennium Falcon in the in the shed. I've got the, remember the reissue, the big reissue they did a couple yeah. of years back? I, I bought that for whatever wow. reason. I, had a, I got a wild hair and, and bought that a hundred and whatever dollar monstrosity. <laughs> Who's but, your favorite character? Chris? That's a great, great question, um, and I, I don't know on the spot if I have an I have an answer for. Sure, you. I hate to say I, I kind of love them all, but I, I, I thought you were a Boba Fett. I thought he. I, I, it, I, I love I love Boba Fett, but as a kid, actually, as as obscure as this is, my favorite character was Hammerhead. He was called Hammerhead. Yeah. Now he's named. Mon, he's an Athorian. Mon yeah. Maul or whatever. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They came yeah. back and gave them all names. Right, but at the time right. He's just Hammerhead. Right. That figure to me when I was a kid was my it's absolute the coolest alien. Figure. Yeah, yeah. I love that yeah. figure just because it was so unique. Right. It wasn't like anything you you'd seen up to that point. And yeah. it was it was uh, a, it was part of that canteen, cantina scene, yeah. which absolutely, which is, which is so I, iconic. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That that cantina scene was so iconic that I remember in the late seventies, Star Wars came out, and of course, you y- you have to understand for those of you that weren't there. It changed everything, everything on TV, everything for the movies. We got all of this science fiction goodness. And one of the things I remember is Dr. Pepper did a commercial and they ripped off the space cantina scene for their Dr. Pepper commercial. It was a 30-second commercial. They had the the alien cantina. They had the aliens in there. They had the whole thing. And I just thought, wow, Star Wars has really permeated everything at that point. Yeah, and I think that was maybe eighty one or eighty two, maybe. I it, it was between um, New Hope and Empire that okay. that 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 commercial came yeah, out. Yeah, it was in late seventies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I remember that, and and even even our car. See, this is what we we didn't understand at the time, but even our cartoons that were coming that were being pumped into our little brains of mush at the time changed because of Star Wars. And I'll give you a perfect example. I have one of my favorite cartoons in the world uh, from from that time period. Um, it was a cartoon I used to watch after. Uh, so my sister and I had parents that worked all day, so we were we had to go to the babysitter after school. And in the afternoon after school, we got to watch two shows. The first one was called Star Blazers. The second one was called Battle of the Planets. Now, what these were, were these were 70s. I think Battle of the Planets was originally called uh, Science Team Gotcha Man. It was produced in 72. That's how old these were in Japan. They were the first visions of anime that had leaked over to the Western side. And what happened was there was a guy named Sandy Frank that um, produced uh, children's television, uh, but he needed something, wanted something new, and he wanted something Star Wars-esque. So they took 
um, Gotcha Man, which had nothing to do with space, by the way. The, the original series has nothing to do with space. Rebranded it Battle of the Planets, recut and re-edited with new voices this epic anime tale and, and rebranded as Battle of the Planets. And our little skulls of mush were sitting, hanging on every word at 2.30 in the afternoon after school every day. And all of those items, um, um, uh, the other show I mentioned was originally called Battleship Yamato. A um, little bit of history there. The Battleship Yamato was one of the Empire of Japan's great World War II warships. Um, that uh, The American broadcaster didn't think that would go very well, so they called, the, they called their rebranded show and recut show Star Blazers. Now, uh, Star Blazers was cut less because it was not as... Uh, uh, racy and, and crazy as, as um, Battle of the Planets was or Gotcha Man was, but it was the same type of thing. It was stars, it was uh, spaceships, it was um, uh, bad guys with different colored skin. It was all those things that were elements of Star Wars permeated every single part of our life. And those things, now that I look back on them, um, you you see all the threads of everything. You see how all of it's interlinked, how, uh, how transformative uh, a period of time that was for popular uh, culture and, and popular um, entertainment uh, in our worlds. And, and the reason for this podcast, everyone, is because myself and the two gentlemen sitting here with me, we grew up in this age. We grew up with these wonderful things that we get to um, finally look back on now and talk about ad nauseum. And, and all of the things that, that the young people are getting now, uh, I, I said it you know, uh, uh, last episode, but a lot of those things came from that time period and have been rehashed because you know Hollywood doesn't make anything new anymore, and if they do, it's an aberration. Um, but all of those things are all tied to that one summer in 1977 where George Lucas unleashed this crazy um, first episode of the trilogy on us. Uh, I, I think, you know, we were, we're a little heavy on time, but I think I still want to hit up Return of the Jedi. Um, Return of the Jedi is my favorite of the, of the three, not because it's the best story. It's not. Um, not because... Um, of any of the new characters or anything like that, although I love them. I I love Return of the Jedi because it, A, it completed the story that we had been told up to this point. Satisfactory to me. I, I was satisfied with the story. Um, but it was a happy ending. And I loved that we got, after after all of Empire Strikes Back, we finally got this great, I mean, it, 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 they had to fight. They had to really fight hard, the Rebels. But we had this great final ending. And the, all these characters I loved, all these worlds that I loved, were going to be okay. <laughs> I, I agree with you. Uh, so Return of the Jedi is my least favorite of, the, of that mm -hmm. trilogy. Mm -hmm. um, I think uh, most people say that, but, th uh, especially our age. And I, I think I, I'll equate a little bit of that you know, it's it's kind of a safe answer that a lot of people say, but yeah. I, I wasn't the fondest of the Ewoks. I didn't mind Love the Ewoks. I, I definitely didn't mind them. Yeah. But they just weren't my my favorite. But I think the Ewoks were I'm glad you brought this up, Chris, because I think and I'm gonna let you continue here just but I thought the Ewoks 
were exact with, with the beginning of the the hate that has come about with all the armchair quarterbacks in the new movies and all all of that sort of started with the Ewoks and and well I do remember Return. reading that the Ewoks the the Ewok parts were originally supposed to be Kashyyyk and it was That's right they were supposed, supposed to be Wookiees. To be the Wookiees. That's right. And it That's was right. budget is why he decided to that's change right. it. That's right. Yeah. Now he reinvent he did something different. Yeah. I, you know that's cool. Yep. Um but to your point about the story concluding, I, li- I for the same reason, I liked it because it, mm-hmm. it was a definitive ending to right. the trilogy. If right. nothing else was made... We're good. We got our story. We're good. Yeah. And when the prequels came out, it's like, cool, we're getting something that at the same time doesn't come at the expense of the story from the original trilogy. It right. just It's kind of, think of it as supplemental material that adds to it. Um, but it it gave a nice the Return of the Jedi gave a nice ending to those characters. Yeah. And not a, not a yes, it's a nice ending, but... You know, right. so many stories, right. especially in this day and age, we have nowadays. to make everything so dark. That, you know, you look at the latest. Show, oh, it's a nice ending for Ray. You know, but you know, she found out she who she's really a product of is the Emperor. You know, she's got oh, she but is. but her excuse me, spoilers. Um, but I, so, she's also uh, you know, and I don't I don't want to get into Ray, but no, we we would definitely talk about this modern modern get there at yeah, any yeah, of yeah. the modern story stuff. There's always a it's a happy ending, but. There's this, this. There's always this condition, and this thing wrapped it up. There wasn't a but for it. Luke was united with his sister. Yep. Sister had her, you know, future husband. Everybody, you know, was celebrating the galaxy. There was kind of a but, um, but it didn't come until after the movie was over. I agree with you on what you're saying. As the movie closes, it's a nice, tidy ending. Mm-hmm. We know there's more story to be told. Sure. But we know for right now, our heroes are going to be cool. They're, they're, they beat the bad guys, and they're going to be okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and you, Ed, what, did you, what was your first impressions of Return? So I, I, I loved Return. Yeah. I, I, I did the, so let's see, it was 1983 when it came out. Right. And I was 10 years old. Right. When, when it appeared. And it, it came out, the, it released the same, it was May 25th. May 25th, that's right. Like, just like the first one. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and I unfortunately, I, I don't know how this got out there, but there was a graphic novel um, that was released prior to the release of the movie. And I begged my parents to get it. And I wasn't sure if it was going to tell like a pre-story uh-huh. or... It ended up telling the whole freaking. Oh, it was the story. it was the graphic novelization of yeah. the story. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, and, gotcha. And so I read it, and as we go watching the movie, I'm reciting the 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 you know the the lines because that's what they both word, built the comic book off of. Yeah, 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 the comic yeah. book. And so you know, I I got the I got that graphic or you know that comic. Yeah, you know, um, I've never heard this story. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I saw I, I read it before I saw it, um, but. Needless to say, that I thought that the the action scenes were awesome. They were. I epic. loved yeah. the the Jabba story. Oh yeah. Yep. Um I, I loved what happened with Boba Fett. Yep. I, I loved to see the the evolution and the transition of Luke into a, a Jedi. A Jedi. Yep. Jedi. Yep. You know, I, I loved seeing, you know, the the um the the evolution of these characters. And I think Return of the Jedi did a really great job um helping us get to where we thought the end of the of the of the, the story was was going to sit. Right. Well, first off, it's a very well constructed film. The story is tight. Yep. Um, you, you've got to get your heroes out of their their tough spot 
in the first act. You got to get him back into another tough spot in the yeah, second act. Sure. And then you got to fix everything in the third. Right. And um, that story in return, I don't care who you are or what you're saying, that's a good story. I mean, leave all the Ewoks or whatever about out of it. Um, that is a, a very well-crafted story. And I enjoyed that movie. I remember seeing it. I remember the the theater we went to go see it. It was my family, my mom, and my stepdad, and my sister and I. Uh, both of my sisters, my, my stepsister as well. We all went to go see it. Um, uh, and I remember sitting in a full theater as a young man on the very first row. Remember when we used to do that? Very first row so you could see it as big as possible. And I remember the energy in that place was so crazy. It was like a sporting event. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. that's what the energy was like in that theater before the movie. And it was the first movie I'd been to. And Empire wasn't like this. Star Wars was not like this. It was the first movie I'd been to. When that opening Star Wars flies up and the crawl comes on, people were cheering, they were cheering. in the theater. They, all cheered, yeah. they were losing their minds. Every joke got a laugh. Every um, uh, cataclysmic event got a... <gasps> I mean, it, it, everybody in that theater was so into it and so tuned in and wanted to see that movie so bad, every single one of them enjoyed it, and, and they cheered at the end. And any of you people from that period of time that saw that movie and, and later came back and said, Little Luke, the Ewoks, you're a liar. You're a friggin' so, liar. So Luke, Lucas did a really great job in, in Empire. Yeah. Right? By by leaving us on on the edge of our seats. Well, Kasdan did. Yeah. But, but yeah. Sure. sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm just yeah. talking about the old Yeah, no, you're right. The, yeah. The storyline. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and getting us to a point where we we did not know what to expect. No. Yeah. It was a blank slate going into Remember you know. the first uh, trailer? Remember the first, and, and seeing, the again, the different colors, because we're seeing yeah. different colors now, uh, to Chris's point. And I just remember thinking, oh, this is completely different. We've never seen anything like any of this. Yeah. This is awesome. Yep. Yeah, yeah, very cool. You very know, cool. And, and again, the the transitional evolutionary tale of the music. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. That, that ties into yeah. to the storyline. It, it just makes everything just much more vivid and vibrant. You know, and and you remember these 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 story not storylines but scenes yeah. within the movie because of the music, well, you know, yeah. and and be, because of the action and because of you know that the things that are going on. I mean, there's there there's there's even the you know the the um, the Dagobah, mm-hmm. you know, the, there is the Emperor music. Yep. Now. Yep. You know, there mm-hmm. is the Vader music. Yep. There's the Endor music. There is the you know the fighting music. The New Hope. Yep. Yep. I mean, it's just yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just iconic in, in every sense of the word. And I, I think it delivered. The other thing that I really liked about it is it delivered on. You know, I, I, you guys have kind of spoken to this a little bit, but it delivered on the promises that the first two Abs, I was just about up. to say. It, 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 it fulfills. The it, it, story yes, resolution it, it, in return yeah. is epic. Yeah. I just, I like the fact, you know, if you look at things today and they'll they'll set up a, you know, in a lot of modern storytelling, they'll set up something similar to, oh, the, the scene with the emperor from right. Empire. Right. But they don't actually pay it off or they want to drag it on. Yeah, but, yeah. And I really, I, you know, especially looking back, it's like, man, the threat of the emperor and then, you know, look, that opening title crawl and then that opening scene... Vader's dropping that bomb. The right, coming here. Right, know, you know, and that yeah. almost that you can almost feel the fear in that Imperial officer. Like, oh my well, god! Well, I remember know? like and, uh, so the first time I saw anything about Return of the Jedi, it was a Time Magazine article, and I was at my dad's TV station. So my dad was an anchor, 
And um, on the weekends, we spent time with him at the TV station because, you know, we did a babysitter. So we got to troll this this TV station, Emerald, Texas. And I remember sitting on this, literally on the news set, talking to some of the guys, doing doing some work on the news set. And that article was out. And they had a picture of the Death Star, the half-built Death Star. And I thought, and I said to one of the guys, like, oh, they didn't blow up the Death Star. And he goes, no, no, they built a new one. And I, my, my little mind just... <laughs> blew apart it was that was such an epic thing that this mother fudger built another death star oh my gosh what are the what are our heroes going to end for in this one and that was my introduction into return of the jedi and it was just one picture uh, they didn't have anything else it wasn't like they do now they didn't do a whole episode or a whole uh, uh, magazine full of of pictures and, and so on and so forth and there, there was no buzz there was no, of course, no social media, so nobody would leak spoilers or any of that junk. Nobody could get that stuff. Um, and, and so um, you, you just saw dribs and drabs come out before the actual movie came out. So seeing, I remember seeing a trailer on TV. Oh, my gosh. Stop. Everybody shut up. The Star Wars trailer's on. Return of the Jedi trailer's on, you know. I, I'm, um, I'm like that in just gen, in general. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's how, that's how we become. Just shut up. Um, but I, one of the one of the things that I, I especially and and we've been alluding to it, we've been hitting all around it. But the thing I love about Return of the Jedi is that Darth Vader is redeemed. Darth Vader is not the evil guy we thought he was. He is, in fact, the Jedi Master that we always knew he could be. So, the, and Luke brought him back. This begs the question: Yeah, is Anakin or is Luke? The chosen one, because there's a chosen Th- one. This is such a great. This is such a great a whole episode. Yeah, this is that. Be, be, that. because <laughs> because in in Rebels, right the 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 scene. Oh, by the way, today is the fifth um, year anniversary of. Uh, you met. This is great. Yeah, you mentioned this. Go ahead. Dan. Of of what was it? Twin stars or twin suns? Uh, twin suns. Yeah. So th- this is the episode in Rebels where An- um, Obi Wan Kenobi, who's on Tatooine at the time. Um, and this Watching is, after Luke. This this is two years prior to A New Hope. Right. Um, Maul visits him because Ezra takes him to Tatooine. Right. Um, and um, after Ezra talks to Obi-Wan, you know, uh, Maul finds Obi-Wan, and this is where Obi-Wan kills Darth Maul. It's, it's, it's and one of the greatest confrontations it is, it, of any Star it, Wars and ever. it validates yes. almost the the mastery of, of combat that yep. Obi-Wan has. He right? looked like... He looked like <clears throat> Usagi Ojimbo in those old yeah 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 sure old samurai and, movies but but it, but it's it's funny because before this before I got into the house today I was watching the the, the clip yeah the, the mm-hmm. fight clip yeah and, and it's almost the same move that he does be, right before he kills Qui Gon right but you know Obi Wan he's aged he's wise right you know and he knows the move yeah and he immediately counters it yep. and as he counters it you know he he kills Death Maul but Death Maul who knows why he's there now. Yeah. He, he confronts Obi-Wan and he says, why are you here? Are you after somebody? Right. You're, trying some- you're trying to save someone. You're trying right. to you know, protect someone. And when he kills him, or while he's dying, he asks, is he the chosen one? And Obi-Wan says, yes. Yeah. And then he says, well, maybe he'll avenge us. Right. So, so we see the redemption in Darth Maul's face. But, but that... That's that, that's just well because I, there's a there's a point there that Darth Maul's making that that's critical to this whole scene, and the point is that the Emperor not only used the Jedi, and and destroyed them, 
But the emperor used Maul as well. He used everybody. He uses everybody. Yeah. That's he, right. He is. He is this. The Sith. He he promised right. Maul eternity and and leadership and and this new order. And he left him to die. And he left him to die. Not only that, he tried to kill him a couple times after yeah, absolutely. that. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And left uh, um, left Maul shattered. Yep. Honestly. Uh, but he, but I, I guess what I'm trying to say in all of this, just to get us right back, because I know yeah. we're running out of time. Oh, yeah. We take as much time as we want. We're casting, buddy. So in that, he calls Luke the Chosen One. Right. But Qui-Gon, at the very, at, in, the very in the trilogy, identifies Anakin as the Chosen One. Yet Vader redeems himself by killing the Emperor in... I believe this is a, this is a really great question. But it's not until Rey... At the very end, who kills the emperor? Yeah, yeah, for real yeah, this time. Yeah, <laughs> right, right, right. So, who, or now, who, who's the cho- who fulfills the ultimate prophecy? Anakin, and here's here's the reason why I say why. Uh, Anakin was the was um, Anakin's fall was not his own doing. However, I feel like the will of the Force knew that the fall had to take place in order for the chosen one to set everything right. And the reason I say it's Anakin is because without Anakin, you don't have Luke and Leia. You don't have the rebellion. You don't have the new Jedi order. You don't have any of that. So while Anakin was definitely caused a lot more problems than he solved, he's still ultimately the steward of change in the galaxy. He kills the emperor as he dies, he has these two children that are going to lead the galaxy out of this darkness. He is he is the whole reason for the fall. He's the whole reason for the rise. Now, you can tell any other story around that that you want, but I would argue that that is Lucas's tale. That's the tale that he wanted to tell. Do, That's do you know, the original you know story. That? Say Lu- Lucas, Lucas answered that it was yeah, Anakin. It's Anakin. He, he yeah, he prior, prior yeah, to the yeah. sale to Disney, that was one of the things when people would say, are you going to get any more movies? And right. he said the movies are about Anakin. Right. They're Anakin's story. It's a, yeah, exactly. Um, now, I, I realize he's redefining, at the time, he's redefining it to include the sequ- or the prequels and then Clone Wars and anything sure. else that comes. Sure. I personally, I so my wife and I had this discussion the other day. Oh, She's okay. been watching the Clone Wars episodes after we watched Boba Fett and you know the Mandalorian she really wanted to learn a lot more of the lore so she's gone back and she's been watching the Clone Wars again we just finished that three-parter where uh, Ahsoka Obi-Wan and Anakin meet the force father the force dark yeah. son oh, and yeah, the yeah. light daughter oh, yeah those are great and uh and I hated those when they first came out. I've I, come I, I, to love them. I did too. I, I've come to yeah. love them, but I hated them when I hated they first them. came out. I hated it when it first aired too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, the that led to us talking about it. And ultimately, I, I was rethinking, I think the arrogance of the Jedi led to the thought that there was a chosen one. And the reality is you can't have light with and and that's the one thing I'll give the sequel. It's a really great take. Is yeah. the, you can't have one without the other. And the reality or the thought that you would have a chosen one that would just completely squash the dark and all you have is the light, well, then that's, that's imbalance. You always right. have to have a real balance. And if the chosen one was going to bring balance to the Force, my, th- my thought is that it's the arrogance of the Jedi thought that that meant there'll only be Jedi, no more Sith, and no more dark side. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. I, you know, and other the other people. There's a million theory that go down go on Reddit, and there's a million. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, theory, great theories sure. on absolutely on this. So yeah, it's an interest. That's a whole interesting debate in and of itself. On you know, is he the chosen one or not? But yeah, or you know, now is is Ray part of that chosen descendancy? Yeah, I mean, and I know you're, I roll my eyes. You roll your eyes. You roll your eyes, but but with the the, the, you, the uh, sequel sequels. Yeah, and but here's the we'll thing. That. Here's the thing that I want to remind everybody and all you haters out there in in podcasting. <laughs> um, Ray is working through the will of the Force. That was one of the things that was really missed in those those sequels. Is that there was a lot that was missed in those. Sequels. Agreed, but but what I mean by is by the by those of us that watched it, um, is the will of the Force. The, the will of the Force is for the Jedi to be, to have their power reduced during the Clone Wars because they were doing the wrong thing. They went from peacekeepers to generals and had a galaxy-spanning war. They did it with the best of intentions. Still wrong. Still was against the will of the Force. That's an interesting take. So, um, yeah, I mean, it, look, it's something for us to talk about in a, in a subsequent episode when we when we get into the prequels or the sequels, and we will trust me, we will. We got plenty plenty to talk about there. But I think for um, for today's cast, I think we're we've we've talked through the first three pretty good. I mean, we could go on, but um, everybody's got stuff to do, so we'll we'll leave it there right now. I wanted to uh, just mention to everybody that. Um, we, we do have um, our, our social media out there. Um, you'll be able to find us um, out there on Instagram, on Facebook, of course, uh, Spotify for our podcast. We'll get up on Apple as soon as we possibly can, but come out and check us out. Um, uh, friend us, uh, you know, subscribe, like, do whatever you need to do to check us out. Uh, if we get enough viewers uh, for our podcast, Eventually, what we'd really like to do is um, set up our, our Patreon uh, site um, so that if you really like our show, if you really like what we're, we're doing, you can contribute, um, and then we can do more. Uh, I think me and the boys really want to to do more as we expand and we start talking about all of the things in the geek lifestyle. I definitely uh, want us to you know to attend some conventions if we can uh, and be part of the fan fan base there and and report on that. I'd love for us to to of course do Galactic Star Cruiser. I mean, come on! But we're going to need uh, your help to help us do all that. And the best way you can help us is like and subscribe. So if you could uh, hit that like button, uh, subscribe to the podcast, uh, and also you know look as we as we get these things up be part of the conversation. Send us your, your questions. Send us your topics of items that you'd like to uh, hear about or things that we could talk about. You know, uh, Ed and Chris and I, we have our favorites, but we know that um, all the, for, for geeks, uh, while this is a niche uh, uh, community, uh, there's a lot out there. There's just so much. Oh, my gosh. It's I ridiculous. Mean, Star Trek. Oh, probably see, be the next frontier. We'll we'll we'll, we'll talk about Star Trek. Um, I did there. Yeah, I did see the next what you did there. Frontier. That we're Ed's a big Star age. Trek fan, and and uh, we we try to beat it out of him, but it just it just keeps coming back. I'm well, kidding. It, I actually love Star Trek it, too. There, there's also you know Battlestar Galactica. Oh my, Battlestar Galactica. Come there's, on, that is we got Buck Rogers. There's so much great stuff. Uh, Flash Gordon. 
I just saw Flash Gordon the other day. I just rewatched that. Chris, remember that movie? Uh, 1982, uh, 80, or was it 80? I don't even remember. But just yes, the absolutely. Campiest, best, just science. The best music, though. Oh, my gosh. Oh, absolutely. That was Queen. The Queen rocked the house on Holy that. moly. I still have that on my on my playlist. <laughs> I just I just watched Ted the other day, and there's that scene. That's an homage that. to the Flash. Yeah, Flash yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great, great. Uh, or Flash Gordon, rather. Uh, that's good stuff. So, uh, look, we want to hear from you. Uh, please reach out and, and uh, say hi. Um, uh, Casas, what, do whatever you want to do. Uh, I, I know I offer up some of my opinions and, and uh, say I don't care about yours, but obviously we do, and, and we'd love to hear from you. So uh, reach out to the Geeked Podcast team, and, and we'll, uh, we'll include you guys in what you say in, in future podcasts. Um, anything else we want to talk about today, boys? No, I think that's a good capper. You think, you, you think we've done what we need to do for... Uh, for this week's show, four, five, and six, I think we absolutely nailed. We it. hit it pretty hard, didn't we? Yeah, I think so. I think one, two, and three are next. Yeah, we'll do one, two, and three. I think we, I think next week we, we'll talk about something different. We'll give it a we'll give it a break. Um, maybe some Star Trek, maybe some new stuff. I, I tell you guys, I want to talk about Miss Marvel. Uh, the the trailer just dropped this week. Chris has already rolled his eyes at me about it. I totally don't. I know you don't, and you're going to, because I do. Because, and, and I'll tell you why I want to talk about it, uh, because there's something in that trailer that is profound, um, and it's profound for young people today, and I want to talk about it. So, uh, yeah, next week we'll, we'll talk about more geek stuff, um, and, and I think we're, we're going to look at some hobby stuff next week. Uh, we'll look at some new shows coming on uh, this summer. We got, um, we got, oh, Moon Knight. Yeah, so we got lots of stuff. So stay tuned uh, for the next episode of the Geeked Podcast. I'm Duncan with Ed and Chris, and we've enjoyed your time. Thanks, everybody.